Welcome in to another live stream here, WindDailySports.com, all sponsored by the Sharp app. You can go to Sharp.app to download the app or go to any of your app stores, whether that's Google Play or the Apple App Store, you can find the Sharp app. So download that and also uh, you can sign up there and uh, you can also get a free gold membership at Windaily Sports if you sign up over at Sharp. So uh, yeah, do that, sharp.app. And right now what we're going over, position by position previews, an extensive look at the Sunday slate for week two of the NFL season. And of course, week two is always wacky and week two is basically we're overreacting for week one. How does everything look week two? So we have it all for you here at WindailySports.com. My name is John Jansen at jjansen34, joined by Jason Mezrahi. You can follow us at Windaily Sports and be sure to subscribe on our YouTube channel, Windaily Sports as well. Jason, week two, uh, how do you usually approach week two real quick after, you know, we get everything from week one and then all of a sudden it's like, all right, well, are we going to see any of that happen in the next week? Yeah. Week two is going to be glorious. It's definitely <laughs> going to be a big week, man. Like week one, we were launching a bunch of new tools on Win daily. We were onboarding a bunch of new members, working with everybody in expert chat. A lot of people don't realize how hard it is to to help so many people at the same time, try to help yourself and make your lineups. Now that we got everything cooking, our tools are cooking, our new projection model, um, the aesthetics of a new model um, are up and running. We get to see week one, certain things play out. I'm feeling really confident about week two. I, I feel like there's a couple games that we're going to talk about um, that just look like they're going to go out there and there's going to be fireworks. It, it looks pretty focused on three or four games. And look, it's, it, those are games that everybody else is going to key in on. You have, you have a Dallas defense, you know, going against a good offense. So there's a, there's a couple games that we're going to get some shares of, but we're also going to find some sneaky games. And we're going to try to lay in some bets too, some props. Um, and before we go that, we're also sponsored by the thrive app, thrive fantasy. And these guys are out there um, doing big things. Got a big tournament coming up. This weekend at a big tournament last weekend, it's $50,000 guaranteed, $10,000 the first. And the best part about it is the fact that I'm looking right now in app and there's 92 entrants out of 2,800 people in this tournament. I don't think they're filling it. I think there's going to be a ton of overlay again, and it's free money. It's less people you have to beat. So go download the app, use promo code WINDAILY, get a 100% match up to $100. The first time depositors who deposit $10 or more, you also get a free month of Win Daily Gold membership. So definitely check them out. Not as many sharks out there, you know, that would be on DraftKings and Fandos. So something you really want to check out if you if you want a better chance at making money and cashing. So, John, let's get right into it, man. We got to talk about these quarterbacks first. That's where these DFS lineups start. And that's where the sports betting markets start, too, man. You really got to have a leader that can go out there and win games for you and carry a lead. So where do you want to start? Who's the, who's the number one quarterback on your board right now? Ooh, number one quarterback on my board. That's a little bit tough uh, because just because of the potential spots that you can go to, you know, there's a lot of bad defenses like Baker Mayfield's going up against Houston. Is that more just of a rush day or is it going to be, you know, one that he could put up 300 yards in? If I'm going anywhere, though, it's probably Kyler Murray. You get the rushing upside, but you get the fact that he is going up against one of, I think, again, the worst secondaries in all of football. They tried to shore it up and all they did was just get torched by Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was fantastic in a game where he was coming 
back from an ACL injury. And all he did was torch them in an efficient way with his great wide receivers. And guess what? Kyler Murray looked fantastic against Tennessee and he has just as good wide receivers and he's a better quarterback at this point than Joe Burrow. I think Kyler Murray has to be number one on the board. I know he's going to be, you know, high priced and I'm sure there's going to be a little bit of chalk, but against that Minnesota defense, he's going to be the top fantasy scorer, I think for week two. Yeah, remember what we said last week, man, before he got hurt, you know, after about like week 10, week 11 last year, um, he was dominating. He was the number one quarterback as far as fantasy points go. He comes out week one. He's obviously healthy in week one. He lights up the scoreboards, you know, running the ball, passing the ball. He's electric. He's elite. And he's going to do the same thing this week. He is your cash game quarterback. If you want that perfect mold of a high floor due to the rushing upside, a great matchup, great weapons. And you know who to pair him with, man. It, it's pretty damn easy. You, you pair him with DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. So he is number one on WinDailySports.com. He's going to be number one across most projection models. You're paying a little bit of a price uh, at 8200 So there are other values on the board. And a guy I have coming in at number two, he's not number two on our rankings, but he might even be the highest on quarterback that I played this week. Due to the matchup in Dallas, Dallas is as bad as it gets. And what's good about Dallas is that they can put up points. So even if their defense is atrocious and, you know, certain people might think, hey, you know, there's blowout potential with how bad their defense is. Their offense is so good and it's elite on yep. the backside that I think Herbert at 6700 getting a $1,500 discount, you know, playing against his Dallas secondary. They have injuries already on this team. I love what Herbert can do coming out of a tough matchup against the Washington football team and then, you know, go into like a cupcake matchup in Dallas playing at home this time around. I really love the price tag at 6,700. I love pairing him with Keenan Allen or Jared Cook or Mike Williams. And we'll talk about that when we get to that position. But Herbert's going to be a guy that I have a lot of shares of. And I want to ask you, John, like, what do you think about this game? Do you think it's fireworks? And do you think that the Chargers, you know, hold on? They won a gritty game in Washington. Do they home? Do they hold on at home and win this game against Dallas? Yeah, that's that's a tough thing. Dallas is three and a half point dog, and it's on the road. But like, Chargers don't have any kind of home field advantage. That just doesn't exist for the Chargers. So I. I, I get all of the Dallas defense's complete problem, and they're even down to Marcus Lawrence, so they're probably not even going to have a great pass rush. But I I find a, a problem with just betting the Chargers as if they are this great team and they should be covering easily against Dallas and put up all these points. You know, that was a really tough win that they had to eke out on the road. And as we saw, the Giants were able to put up more points on Washington. Now, of course, week to week, things change, but... Now, I don't think this Washington defense is as daunting of a defense as we're kind of all making it to be. So I, not to say this offense is going to be bad or anything. I think they're going to put up points. But in just terms of the this, this spread, you know, getting the hook there with Dallas, I absolutely love that. And I think the public's going to be all over the Chargers here. We're going way too far to the Justin Herbert's great, so so are the Chargers. That's not always going to be the case. Great quarterback play doesn't necessarily make you a winning team. So I... I'm leaning Dallas a little bit, especially with the hook at three and a half with no home field advantage. But another quarterback that I'm looking for, and this is a huge spread, by the way. We saw this at 12 and a half, and I think it even got up to 13 and a half. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going in to Atlanta or 
playing Atlanta. Now, the last time these two teams played, it was 44 to 27. Tom Brady is under 7K. I think Tom Brady is going to be one of the highest scoring players on the board. I know he doesn't have any rushing upside, and that's what we kind of look for a little bit in DFS. But at under 7K, you're going to get somebody that can potentially put up over 400 points or 400 yards, excuse me, and put up four touchdowns. I think what I saw of that Eagles game, especially with that Atlanta defense, this Tampa Bay offense should have no problem putting up a bunch of points. And I think Brady does. And at under 7K, I think he's a pretty good spot here. I have him at my number two. Yeah, I like Brady. Look, he's going to be under-owned compared to the top dogs. Nobody wants to play the old dog that just goes out there. And, <laughs> you know, he he dropped right. he dropped 375-plus yards, you know, in week one. My only worry with Brady here is I don't think Atlanta can keep up with Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay's defense will, you know, shut down Atlanta. Atlanta was shaky against the Philadelphia defense. Um, they couldn't punch balls in. They couldn't score. They couldn't put up points. And if Brady gets ahead, this this game might be a game where he kind of just sits back and I don't know who the hell they're going to let run the ball in Tampa Bay. I don't want to play that game, but I see no. a little bit more of a running game. But I like the value at 6,700. It could be an easy day in the park. He goes in there, three touchdowns, 300 yards. At you know the price tag that he's at at 6,900, he's definitely a guy that's in play. Another guy that's in play, you know, Russell Wilson, he did what he had to do, made it look simple last week, got all the points early, didn't really have to throw the ball late, you know, efficient day, 250 yards passing, four touchdowns, no interceptions, you know, spread the ball around to Lockett, Metcalf, Gerald Everett found a way in the end zone. So I think Russ in this game is facing an, an offense that's going to actually put up some points that makes it a longer game than it was against Indianapolis where – they didn't really have to throw the ball much late to, to hold on to victory there, and they, they kind of ran it down, you know, Indianapolis's throat late in that game. So I think, you know, Russ can find a way to be in a, a more of a shootout game. Tennessee got embarrassed, but they had to come back and put up some points here. So I think this has, you know, game stacking, you know, potential here with Tennessee and Seattle. And out of all the games, this will probably out of all the high-scoring games. Let me correct that. Out of all the high-scoring games, this will probably be the game that goes a little bit under-owned. Look, the over-under is 53. Um, all these late games are the games that we're, we're talking about. You know, this game's 53, Tampa game 52, the Charger-Cowboy game is 54 and a half. And, you know, and then we're going to talk, we talked about the Cardinals versus the Vikings at 50 and a half. From my thoughts, you know, Tennessee and Seattle will probably get the least amount of ownership of these four games. And these are the powerhouse games that, you know, for the most part, a lot of ownership will be on. So I think Russ can cook in this game. You know, you have to make a decision on on Lockett and, and DK Metcalf. I'm not sure if you can squeeze in both, but I do like Russell Wilson as a lower owned play that's going to be in a high scoring game. Yeah, I just like it. Tennessee secondary is very suspect. And we saw that with Kyler Murray. And the last quarterback that I have, and this is going to be my value one that you can get under 6K, 5.6K is where you can get this guy. And if you look over at the Wind Daily projections, uh, he is going to be the second value here on the projections that you see. I think Atlanta's due for a bounce back, at least offensively. Ooh, whoa, I don't think I don't know whoa. if they cover. I don't know if they win the game. I don't even think they get close. But we saw, again, last year, and of course, this year is different, different teams, and Atlanta has a new 
head coach in Arthur Smith, but they put up 27 points, and I don't think Matt Ryan's completely done. We saw that Tampa Bay secondary get torched. Yes, good Dallas team, but last time I checked, the Atlanta Falcons do have an elite wide receiver as well in Calvin Ridley, and there's not a defensive back in Tampa Bay that's able to cover him. I actually think Matt Ryan, the Atlanta offense, is actually able to put up points. I think they get close to what they did last season, 27 points against this Tampa Bay defense. I think Tampa Bay has some problems back there in their secondary, and I think Matt Ryan's going to expose that again the same way Dak Prescott did. So I like Matt Ryan to have a pretty pretty big day here. And as you just said, they're going to be behind, so he's going to have to throw a lot, and I could see him getting close to 350-yard game, a few tutties. I love that at 5.6K. Yeah, I played a share or two of Matt Ryan with Ridley last week. They got off kind of hot like that. That first drive, they drove down the field, but they just could not score touchdowns. And I thought you were going to go to your your guy in, in Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts at 6,500. But Matt Ryan is definitely sneaky. Tampa Bay is definitely going to be in the lead. They're going to be scoring a bunch of points. So Matt Ryan's going to be playing from behind. Yes, he has the weapons. I'm a little worried, though, Ryan, that he's he's starting to become washed, and he never really recovered from that 28-3 beatdown <laughs> that Brady gave him. So, like, in regards to this game, I think he's a good value for GPPs. Bridgewater, the same. Look, if, if Jacksonville let up all those points to the Houston Texans, I think Bridgewater and the crew, you know, you have Noah Font, you lose Judy, you still have Sutton, you got some weapons, you know, at the running back position as well. I think Bridgewater also becomes, you know, a guy that, you know, for GPP only at 5,400, he makes some sense. Um, Jalen Hurts, 6,500. Look, San Fran, they also let up a bunch of points to Detroit. It's one week, so it's not a large sample size of, you know, there's a San Francisco defensive old step up or is this a new, you know, San Francisco defense. So if Jalen plays like he played last week and San Francisco is going to score a bunch of points, I think Hertz is a nice little discount due to the rushing upside. Again, look, if Detroit can score in San Fran, if Jared Goff can do things, and they really didn't have much of a wide receiver core out there. It was a lot of Hawkinson, a bunch of running in tandem um, with their two backs down in Detroit. So I think Jalen Hurts is interesting. I think Bridgewater can be used for GPPs. And the guy we haven't mentioned, and another shocker to me why you haven't mentioned him yet, no Dak Prescott talk. Um, this game is going to be fireworks. What's your thoughts on Dak here? Yeah, Dak, obviously, I think is going to be an option on most slates because he has the wide receivers to do it, and he's in a great passing offense where he's heavily relied on. As you saw, he is heavily relied on. So I do like Dak Prescott to a certain extent. I just think there's other value on the board on the road against the Chargers. You know, I don't think the Chargers defense is anything to be afraid of too much, but with how Dak is priced as well, uh, 6,800. I just think there are a couple of different spots around there that you can go, especially Tom Brady. Jalen Hurts, I'm not a huge fan of his for this weekend, but you know, you guys have guys like Matt Ryan, who is low owned and going to be low salary as well. They are getting in a really good spot. Teddy Bridgewater against Jacksonville in a good spot. So just a couple of, of guys that are around him and a little bit cheaper than him that I think I would like. Uh, Dak Prescott, in most slates, I'm going to look at. This one, though, on the road, a little bit weary of, of putting in Prescott. Yeah, Prescott, his props are 307.5 yards, four yards ahead of Herbert, four yards less than Tom Brady, which is kind of interesting. 
Matt Ryan's at 281.5. So you kind of nailed that. You know, it's, it's a guy that he's higher than most every other guy's prop, you know, not mentioning Brady and, and Dak and Herbert. Josh Allen at 292.5. What happened to Allen, man? Like, it's a guy that everybody was down on before the start of last season, high on before the start of this season. He loses week one. Nobody's thinking about playing him in week two now. Any thoughts, you know, is something wrong in Buffalo? Is it regression? And this matchup not being so strong against Miami, what's your thoughts on Allen as a sneaky play against a tough Dolphins defense? Yeah, the Dolphins have a, a solid secondary. Xavier Howard's still there, and he's really good. And you know, I just think Josh Allen looked erratic. And, you know, somebody mentioned it. I don't know if I necessarily believe it, but it's something, I guess, food for thought. He had a great season when there was no crowd there. And there was no really pressure on him. Now the pressure's on him. Now the crowd is there. There are full stadiums. You know, maybe he's a little bit too amped up. And he was all over the place. He was overthrowing receivers. Uh, he was throwing balls into the dirt at guys' feet. You know, I just I think that Josh Allen is still alive and well there. Now, for fantasy purposes, like he still can run the ball. And as you just saw, they threw 50 bleeping times, and I think they're gonna do it again, be close to that. So they they rely so heavily on Josh Allen that he is pretty much going to be an option almost every single slave. But I just think his erratic play is something I don't want to test against a defense like Miami. So it's it's completely a no, no, no spot for me. Uh, yeah, especially man. at the price. And I think people are still going to be rostering it. Yeah, I don't think he's a guy that you got to target. If you're entering 100 lineups, obviously you want to get some shares of a lot of these quarterbacks that we mentioned. But you know, when it, when you look at these props, we have a prop model at the Sharp app. You know, go to sharpbets.app. It's our our all of our projection models, our our prop models, our betting models, our expert chat, everything that you want in a community and a service. Make sure you go check us out at sharpbets.app. After downloading the app, use promo code First One Thousand. You get a free membership to sharpbets.app. Hop in our community. Like I said, we're firing off. Live bets. We had a great weekend in week one. Most of our guys were up, I think, in combination between Saturday and Sunday. Over 20 units in NCAA football combined with NFL, combined with props. And we've been hammering the props for NFL. So we had a great weekend last weekend. So we're, we're planning to do the same. John, let's head over to running backs, man. Like, we had McCaffrey, a guy that I faded. It was the right move to make in week one. Now he's going to New Orleans. He's going against Kamara. You know, Jameis Winston had the craziest stat line I've ever seen, you know, from a quarterback <laughs> throwing for less than 150 and throwing five touchdowns, which is a shocking to me. I didn't watch that entire game, but like seeing that stat line didn't make much sense. I don't know what to expect, you know, going into this game, paying up for McCaffrey. Like it's never a bad move, but $9,900, it's going to, you know, cripple you at other spots. So I'm off McCaffrey, even though that we have him number one on our projection model staying away from there. I like Kamara more than McCaffrey. Kamara has less weapons around him. They really need Kamara to have big games for them to have big games. Um, Cause I don't think this whole five touchdown, 150 yards passing is going to stay consistent. Then you got Dalvin cook at 9,100. But if you're looking at our projection model right now, um, we have Najee Harris at number four on the board ahead of Henry Ahead of guys like Nick Chubb, which is a little bit shocking to me, ahead of Joe Mixon, who had a monster game in week one, 
Najee Harris, 6,300. Best value on the board. So I think there, there's play there. Look, he didn't have an explosive game. You know, it was a tougher matchup week one against Buffalo. Now he gets the Raiders, who played the most ridiculous ending to a game that I've seen in a long time. <laughs> like, that game could have ended, like, five different ways. People came off the bench after almost exchanging jerseys on some crazy things. So, you know, I think it's a letdown game for the Raiders. I think the the, the Steelers roll here. And I think Najee Harris finds a way into the end zone once, twice uh, for them to, to win this game and for him to, you know, be the best value of the board at 6,300. He might be popular. If he is super popular, I like Damian Harris at 5,400. You can lock both Harris's and really load up at other positions. Like typically you wouldn't be able to go ahead and play two RB1s, you know, at a price tag combined for 11.7. That's only like $1,800 cheaper than playing McCaffrey. And you're getting guys in good situations. The Jets are terrible. They're going to suck <laughs> all year. They're going to be down a bunch of points. So game script are in both these guys' favor. And the last guy that I, I'm probably locking in a lot of my lineups is Nick Chubb. Look, Houston, they got out of Jacksonville with a win, but they're not going to beat Cleveland. Cleveland almost beat the Chiefs. They they had them the whole way, and then Mahomes did Mahomes' thing. But Chubb, when he's playing with a the lead, there's no better back that you really want than Nick Chubb. So this is going to be a game where they're going to be playing with the lead. So I think Nick Chubb can go out there and be the best raw points um, running back on the slate. So I like Chubb in this system. No Odell Beckham. They should throttle you know, the Texans here. And a lot of Chubb early, a lot of Chubb late. I think he's going in for 125 yards, and I wouldn't be shocked to see him go out there and get two touchdowns. So I really like Chubb. I like both Harris's. And I'll have shares of McCaffrey, Kamara, but a lot less than I would, you know, Nick Chubb, um, Najee Harris, and Damian Harris. Yeah, and I think you can look at kind of that entire group. Najee Harris, I even think Derrick Henry is in play for this week. Uh, also, you know, Joe Mixon as well, especially this like 7K group and Najee Harris at 6.3K. I love all all of those guys. Nick Chubb is probably my favorite running back for this week. Houston had one of the worst rush defense, according to rush DVO rush DVOAs. Uh, they were one of the worst rush defenses. So was Kansas city last season. And they came into this year and Cleveland ran all over that squad. They know it. Cleveland knows exactly who they are and they know that they can do it well. And they know they are going to do it well. And they did it against Kansas city. They're going to do it against Houston. If you think, oh, well, look at what Houston did against Jacksonville's rushing offense, like Kyle Siding, James Robinson didn't do anything. That game, Houston got off to such a big lead that it just ended up being 50 pass attempts for Trevor Lawrence. And look, over Meyer, I have no idea what he was trying to do, and they probably should have ran the ball more. They can run all over Houston. I think that they win this game. You know, they're going to score 30 points. And I think that Nick Chubb is going to have one of those days that, you know, you draft him for in the first round, a hunt close to 150 yards, a touchdown, maybe two. And this is one of those. It's probably going to be a two RB day because Kareem Hunt's definitely going to get involved a little bit in the passing game. I could see him taking a screen to the house, uh, but I can also see him getting close to 60, 70 yards maybe 50, 40 yards receiving as well and a touchdown somewhere. This is a game where both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are absolutely fantasy viable. Yeah, Nick Chubb, man, 84 and a half on the rushing prop. 
I think he smashes the over there. I think he goes over yep. 100 pretty easily in this Very game. Yeah. yeah, so 84 and a half. This line's going to move up a lot before game time, I would think. You know, Houston hung in with Jacksonville, but it's a different game. Cleveland's playing at home. They're going to come out, you know, pissed off that they lost against Kansas City because they, they could have won that game. 84 and a half, ride the horse and Nick Chubb. I love that prop. That's probably something that we're going to hit, you know, right when we get off the show right now. 84 and a half. He's one of the highest on the board, but he deserves to be that high. So he's a lock in DFS for me at the price tag. I'll take the discount. And you yeah. can see Vegas is backing Damian Harris too. Damian Harris, 73 and a half rushing yards. I'm not going to hit the over there, but that gives me more confidence to play him in DFS. And same thing goes, you know, for, for Najee Harris. 75 and a half as well. So these are two guys. And when you go down the board, you typically don't get a $5,000, $6,000 guy within four yards of Dalvin Cook, who's at 79 and a half. I know Dalvin might be a little bit more involved in the passing game than these other backs. But, you know, it's a situation that I would take advantage of um, in my DFS play. And, John, just for, you know, shits and giggles here, because I know you love having this conversation. Vegas does not know what to do with Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. They got him Fournette at 34 and a half rushing yards, Ronald Jones at 40 and a half. So Bruce Arians doesn't know what's going on. They both know that, you know, the Falcons defense is terrible. So like I can see both these guys going over if they were just like two normal running backs on a good team without Bruce Arians, without fumbleitis, without all the, the nonsense that goes on. These are two low rushing props for a team that's got a 12-point, you know, favorite um, against a team that can't stop the run. Any love for these rushing props of Fournette and Jones? Two guys that are not really viable in DFS, but maybe guys we can bet on. No, not at all. Uh, no, this team, no, no this team knows exactly. No, I mean, if any, it would be Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones is the only legitimate back there, but the problem is what you're betting on with Ronald Jones is does he make a mental error in this game? Because if the answer is no, then he's on the field because he's clearly the most effective back that they have. He's on the field if he does not make a mental error and he gets over that 40, and I think he gets over it pretty easily. But if he yeah. does make a mental error and he makes a fumble or he misses a block, yeah. he's not seeing the field again. So I just, I, I'm not betting on it. I'm not betting on whether or not he makes a mental error and Bruce Arians is yanking him or not. I, I just hate that. And look, they know what they are. They're going to be a passing offense, and they're going to try and pass on this Falcons defense. Yeah, I think they're going to do that early. I think they're going to be up a lot early. And I think they're going to have to resort to one of these backs to kind of give Brady a break. They're up 15. They're up 20. You know, go ahead and, and let one of these guys run. Like I said before, if we knew who was one and who was one A, and and if we even knew it was like a, a timeshare in this situation. I wish. I, would, I wish I, we knew I, anything yeah. like that. I am yeah. with you. I wish we knew something. But no, it's just a mess. Bruce Aaron yeah. is a mess. Uh, WindailySports.com, by the way, you can sign up WindailySports.com. Still, the promo code is active, NFL 2021. And if you use that promo code when you sign up, you can get a six-month gold membership for $100 off. So a $299 value down to a $199 if you use the promo code NFL 2021 when you sign up, WindailySports.com. Also, make sure to hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. We have plenty of DFS content for you. Still doing MLB. We're riding out to the end of the MLB season. And also, we're getting plenty of NFL DFS content to you as well, whether it's showdowns on Monday and Thursday or getting you ready 
for the Sunday slate as we are right now on the positional preview here at Win Daily Sports, also sponsored by Sharp, sharp.app. Check that out. Google Play, App Store, download the Sharp app. So let's go over to some wide receivers, Jason Mizrahi. You said there's a lot of a lot of value there, wide receiver. So I'm interested. What because you want to roster, I think, as you were saying, you know, there are some guys, some running backs that you can roster that aren't going to be high price, and we can go after some of the wide receivers. Who are those wide receivers for you? So when I when I did my initial builds, you, you if you listen to what I just said for the past couple of minutes, you know, you go with both Harris's, you go with Nick Chubb and in the flex or however you want to build it out. There's your three running backs, 93 wide receivers. You get two cheap running backs. Um, right, yeah. you now get Herbert, you know, fairly priced Keenan Allen. Look, you're getting a number one receiver and probably the best game script, um, that's out there for this week at 7,000. I love the price on him at 7,000. I love running it back, um, with CD lamb, Amari Cooper, possibly both these guys, Mike Williams, a little expensive, um, but a guy that I think can go out there and bust one at, at 6,100. So I think, you know, any wide receiver in this Charger game, in the Dallas game, you know, with Michael Gallup out, you know, Lamb and Cooper had big games while Gallup was playing. Now he's gone. More confidence going to be thrown, you know, Cooper's way and CeeDee Lamb's way. You want, you know, wide receivers. You don't want to make a mistake and play wide receivers for value that don't have the quarterbacks that can really feed them rock. And with Herbert and Dak Prescott, you got that. So, you know, those four guys I'm in love with. You know, I'd probably go with Keenan. I We didn't mention Austin Eckler either, you know, at the running back position. Or Zeke, I think they're both viable. They're good. I like uh, Zeke. Zeke, yeah. I think, is a good spot. And I think that there not many are going to roster him. So I like Zeke. Yeah, I think Zeke is super sneaky. If there was a week to play Zeke, it's when everybody's going to be on CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper and on his game from different perspectives. And Due to the fact that last week he laid an egg in a tougher matchup, you know, I think this would would be the week in your GPPs to play a little bit of Zeke. But the state of wide receivers, I love that game. You know, outside of that game, we talked about Kyler Murray being in a great spot. Hopkins, 8,000. You know, you might get worried about that price. We don't have him at, in the top, top five. Um, we don't just, like, automatically say, okay, he's DeAndre Hopkins. You know, he's got Kyler Murray. Let's put him at number one. He's the most expensive guy. Our projection model works a little bit differently. We really look at the matchup. So, you know, with Hopkins at 8,000, the downside is he's he's more expensive than the guys that we have ahead of him. The upside is Kyler Murray really feeds him the rock in the red zone. He's got more confidence yeah. in him than anybody else. So when you, you're playing your Kyler Murray lineups, like you can take a chance and, and play Kirk and he can go off or take A.J. Green and hope something happens. But if you want to play it safe, you play Hopkins with Murray. Uh, so Hopkins in a great spot as well. It's just a it's a pricely pairing that you're going to have to be discounting throughout the rest of your lineup. And I got some cheap cheap tight ends for you, but you know I don't know if I can play Hopkins and Murray in my GPPs this this week as much as I'd like to, just due to pricing. Um, Lockett, DK Metcalf, both in great spots against Tennessee. You know Lockett had the better game last week. Just makes me think this is going to be more of a. I DK think. Metcalf. I think. Right. Yeah. I think the physicality in downfield it works more with DK Metcalf in this game. Tennessee's going to have a tough time with that. Yeah. So I like DK a bunch in this game, and we saw it last year, man. It just happened to be where they just played, you know, uh, hot potato with wide receivers out there in Seattle. Just one week could be Lockett, the next week could be 
you know, uh, uh, Metcalf. So I think this is more of a Metcalf week and hopefully you get a little bit, you know, lesser ownership that you, you might have normally coming off a big week. So I think Metcalf has a big day as well. Lockett, definitely viable. The guy doesn't get enough respect. So he's definitely in our top six right now to win dailysports.com. So this is a game that we're obviously going to be targeting. Seattle, Tennessee, Chargers in Dallas. You know the guys, Lockett, Metcalf, Keenan, Mike Williams, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper. You know, Calvin Ridley. Look, he started – if you can't really put up points against Philadelphia, I know it's one game, but I start getting worried about this team as much as Ridley is a guaranteed, you know, target monster. We got him at number two. I just don't know if I play him over Keenan Allen. I don't know if I play him over D.K. Metcalf because Tampa Bay is still a good, you know, defense. And, you know, when they get up, they're going to bring pressure to Matt Ryan. He's going to get frazzled. Um, and they just have to stop Ridley, you know. Um, everybody wanted to play Kyle Pitts last week. He didn't really have a great game. I don't expect a, a monster game this week either. I think my, Matt Ryan is, is starting to be washed, and it's kind of shocking to me that they didn't go out there and grab a Justin Fields or grab one of these quarterbacks when they had the opportunity um, this year or last year. So, yeah, Ridley's in play. I'm not going to be on him. Another guy that's super valued, though, is Allen Robinson. What's your thoughts on Robinson knowing that it's probably still another game with Andy Dalton out there? I'm fine with it. Look, I've, I think we've seen at this point, Al Robinson is kind of quarterback proof. So uh, I think Andy Dalton, especially Cincinnati, like I, I don't want to pretend like Cincinnati's just become this good team and like they got this great defense or anything. No, you could throw on Cincinnati. It's, it's a game that Andy Dalton should do fine in and Allen Robinson. Right, a little bit of revenge. Right, a little bit of revenge narrative in there. But look, Allen Robinson's going to be open. Andy Dalton's certainly capable of getting it to him. So I, I think Allen Robinson a fine. Allen Robinson is in a fine spot. Of course, like there is going to be a cap on what he can do just because it is Andy Dalton. But I would not, I would not be surprised if you see Allen Robinson with double digit targets, you see him with close to double digit receptions, and you see him with over a hundred yards and a touchdown. Like that is absolutely in play against Cincinnati. They don't have the means to cover a guy like Allen Robinson. So I mean, they look they struggle with Adam bleeping feeling. Like Allen Robinson is going to give them tons of fits, and Andy Dalton can certainly get it to him. I want to say I want to go to that Dallas game a little bit. Because if you are going kind of the opposite way that that you are, and I think we are, in that you want to roster some of the top running backs, you want to go with a McCaffrey or Kamara, and you want to roster some of the top guys there or elsewhere, a really cheap wide receiver that you can go after that I think is going to give you good value. Since Michael Gallup is out, we saw there are three wide receivers that are fantasy viable in a Dallas offense. We saw it last week. Gallup, Cooper, and CeeDee Lamb all had close to 10 targets or more. This is going to be another game where Dak Prescott drops back 35 to 40 times. And Cedric Wilson, we saw in that game too, he had a couple of catches against Tampa Bay, and he looks good. Now he's going to take that third wide receiver spot at 3.1K. You know, I think Cedric Wilson is going to provide you enough value there. And if you see, he is going to be, if you look at the Win Daily Sports projection model, he is one of the top values on the board at 2.94. So I I love Cedric Wilson in this one because we know a third wide receiver can be a good fantasy option. And I think he's going to get those kind of targets and you're going to see a lot of value in him for this game. Yeah, glad you brought him up. I'm glad you kind of you know showed everybody that you don't always want to just go by the raw projection. Who's going to be projected to score the most points? Because 
as you start building out your lineup, you're going to start realizing that you can't afford all the best players. Exactly. You know, going to value and looking at a guy like Wilson, look, Terrace Marshall kind of burned everybody that played him last week. He's in the same. Yeah. He's a hard one. I want to believe it when I see it. Like it needs to happen first for me to do it. Yeah. I'm going to stay away from that. I don't want to get burned two weeks in a row uh, by Terrace Marshall, but Wilson, look, he's not going to burn you at 3,100. I think this is going to be a very high scoring game. They're going to be passing the ball at 3,100. If he gets even, you know, four receptions for 45 yards, eight to 10 points, you're happy. You're content. You got to make sure now that your big dogs that you paid up for after the savings go out there and do their thing. Um, I think I'm going to end up living more in the mid range because I think going with those cheaper running backs, you can still get Keenan Allen and uh, Allen Robinson and CeeDee Lamb or Amari Cooper. And we didn't mention – uh, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, you know, they went out there with Stafford and they did their thing. Um, they're facing Indianapolis. So I kind of like them as well. Um, I want to get your take on, on a couple players, though, too, because I know you're, you're a fan of Cincinnati. I know you invested a lot into Joe Mixon. It already paid off week one. But what's your thoughts on, on Chase and Tyler Boyd? You know, 4700 on Boyd, $5,000 on Jamar Chase. Do we want to attack? the Chicago defense, you know, with some value plays in that mid-range? Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, the Bears are actually going through some injury problems in the secondary. So I think that's a spot, you know, because they're they're probably going to have, if I'm correcting this, and they they do have some, some injury problems in their secondary, you know, they could be going towards either a practice squad guy or like a fourth, fifth string cornerback that is on the field, and guess who he's covering? He's not going to be on the outside. He's not going to be covering T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. He's likely going to go up against Tyler Boyd. So I think Tyler Boyd, if I want any Cincinnati receiver, he's the guy. But also, I cannot ignore the the amount of usage that Jamar Chase had. He was running the most routes out of that wide receiver group. He was on the field more out of T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. He is very clearly the number one guy. You know, I love what T. Higgins did last year, but T. Higgins doesn't have the versatility, the same kind of diverse route tree. He he can't do as many things on the field as Jamar Chase can. And as we saw, game one, the drops thing doesn't matter. It's the regular season, not the preseason. Jamar Chase was fantastic against Minnesota, and he's going up again against Chicago, who's dealing with a few injuries in their secondary and just not a good secondary to begin with, as we saw against the Rams. You know, I, I think Jamar Chase, you can get him at 5K, but Tyler Boyd's the guy I want here. He's the one that's going to have the juiciest and tastiest matchup to go up against, and I'm pretty sure you can get him at a very good price as well. So Boyd, I, I think, has a really good game this weekend against the Bears. Yeah, Boyd's prop is at 50 and a half. Jamar Chase, 58 and a half. Look at T. Higgins. He's 61 and a half. So you're, you're, if you like the value on Boyd, John, you might want to hit up that prop at 50 and a half. Allen Robinson at 72 and a half, which is one of, going to be one of the highest guys on the board. Jarvis Landry, 66 and a half. And Noah Dell Beckham, we, we think it's going to be a Nick Chubb game. We love Nick Chubb in this game. So I'm probably going to stay away from Landry, but... He can be sneaky good value for DFS. Cooper Cup at 65 and a half right now. Um, Robert Woods, 63 and a half. You know, one of those guys is definitely going to pop off for, you know, over that. Um, nobody on Indianapolis I really want to, you know, work with. But let's talk about another yeah, guy that. But just I, real I, quick, because Tyler Lockett. You know, in the way he attacked that that secondary, you can attack the safeties with Indianapolis. I think Robert Woods actually in the slot there. I think he's the one to go after, not Cooper Cup this week. I love Robert Woods. 
Yeah, Woods, Woods at 63 and a half. That's pretty interesting. Um, in Denver, you know, Judy's out now. Cortland Sutton, I was building some mocks earlier today. Sutton's a guy, you know, we're going to be talking about Noah Font in, in a minute, but Sutton's a guy at 50 and a half on, on the over on the prop that I think is pretty damn interesting. Look, the Broncos are going to be throwing a ball. Um, Jacksonville is going to try to put up some points here. If Houston can score on you, that means Denver can score on you too. I think Cortland Sutton at, at a mid-range, kind of forgotten about guy. Everybody's going to play Noah Font, and you're not going to want to play two Denver players. So I think Cortland Sutton is a nice pivot off of Fant if you're not going to play him. And hit that prop up, 15 and a half for Sutton, who's going to be the de facto number one receiver there. Um, I kind of like that too. What's your thoughts on potentially fading Fant and going Cortland Sutton? And also at the book at 15 and a half, that seems a little bit light for a number one wide receiver going against Jacksonville. Yeah, 15 and a half. So basically, I think he's going to get double-digit targets. Let's just say he has to catch half of them and get 10 yards per reception absolutely viable for Cortland Sutton. So yeah, I like Sutton in this game and I think he'll catch more than that because obviously with Teddy Bridgewater and how accurate he is and was in week one, you're probably going to see him catch about 70% of those targets. And that means he's probably going to have several receptions close to 70, 80 yards and possibly a score. So I like Sutton. Another one, again, you know, we're not going with the cheap options. If you are digging for some of the cheap guys, uh, in at the wide receiver position, KJ Hamler is the one in Denver I'd actually go with. I know Tim Patrick is the direct replacement for uh, for uh, Jerry Judy, but KJ Hamler is probably going to see the field a little bit more now that you know they are down a wide receiver and one of their top ones in Jerry Judy. KJ Hamler did well in his last game. He got targeted plenty, and he, exactly what we want, he had a deep down the field target that he should have caught. So if he catches one of those, he's providing every single return that you want at a 3.8 K. And look, we're probably looking at a floor now of three receptions and at least 30, 40 yards. So if that's the floor, but the ceiling is four receptions for close to 80 to hundred yards and that touchdown from just one deep pass, I'm taking my chances there because he's definitely going to have that opportunity against the Jacksonville defense. He's going to get behind one of them in one play. And I think Teddy Bridgewater showed at least he has the ability enough to hit him. It's just whether or not KJ Hamler can catch it. And I think I'm going to give him uh, at least a little bit of benefit here that he can catch that one. So at 3.8 K, I like that. By the way, you're tuned to the WindDailySports.com. We're going over position by position preview. Sign up for a gold membership, WindDailySports.com. Use the promo code NFL2021. You get $100 off a six-month gold membership. Also, this is sponsored by Thrive. Check out the Thrive app and also the Sharp app as well. Check it out over on the Apple Store, on the Apple Store. Check out the App Store and also Google Play as well anywhere where you get your apps. But uh, Jason, I think we're moving on to tight ends here, right? Because we're fading Noah Font. Uh, any cheap plays? And I have to admit, we talked a lot about Cole Komet. How do you think he looked? He's one guy now that I picked up in my season-long leagues, but he has to be another one that I, I think we have to love the target share that he got. Well, if you read my article that I published today on tight ends, I did write up Cole Komet. I forced myself to write up five, you know, different tight ends and kind of go through. Forced <laughs> you couldn't even write up five. <laughs> it, look, you know, when you when you're diving around these tight ends, man, like I, I chose not to write about Waller. Obviously, he's really good at football. Don't like the matchup. Don't like the price. Uh, I'm not a Kittle guy. You know, I was a Kittle guy in years past, but not anymore. I think this could be a decent game for Kittle. Now, I want to revert back and, and talk about Debo Samuel and talk about some Philly wide receivers right. in a second. But 
you know, I think Fant is going to be super popular. I think he's in a great spot. I think he's the best value on the board. He's the safest value on the board at tight end. You're not going to go wrong with him. He's going to be highly owned in cash, and he probably should be your cash tight end. Jared Cook was the second guy I wrote up. Look, if you want to double stack the Chargers with Herbert, I think you go with Jared Cook and Keenan Allen and get that discount instead of forcing in Mike Williams. Um, I think this game is going to be high scoring. I think Jared Cook's forgotten about. So I like Jared Cook at 3,900. You know, once you go past that, if you're not going to play one of those two safe guys, you know, two guys I think are going to have a good game, a great game potentially, Komet at 3,700. He was a number two targeted, you know, receiver in that offense. You know, he's playing with Andy Dalton, not a guy that's going to be throwing the ball downfield as much as, you know, another quarterback out there. Um, so Komet, 3,700, low owned play, a pivot off of Font, and a guy that probably comes in under 10% owned. So I like him. If you want to go deeper, I think Adam Troutman, look, there's no good wide receivers in New Orleans. Zero. They're going to have to throw the ball a lot more than they did um, in week one. So Troutman at 3000 even cheaper on FanDuel. He's valuable as well. And then I don't like that you're not getting a discount on Gerald Everett, but I'll still play Gerald Everett at $3,600. Look, again, if I'm playing Russell Wilson, I would like to get, you know, Metcalf and Lockett in there together, but chances are you're not going to be able to fit those two guys together. So Everett's another play to pivot off one of the big guys and slide him in. Those are the five guys I like at tight end. You know, I think, you know, you want to keep keep yourself in the value zone. You know, maybe one out of every 20 lineups, you play Darren Waller, you play one George Kittle, but outside of that, you go to value and you go all the way down the board, the five people I mentioned. But, John, before we get your take on tight ends, we skipped over Debo Samuel, you know, with Ayuk, potentially, we don't really know the situation at the time that, you know, we're doing this, this podcast live stream and all that kind of good stuff. 58 and a half on Debo Samuel. I kind of like the over there. I also want to get your take Jalen Rager, 34 and a half on a prop Devonte Smith, 49 and a half as well. Any love for those props or any love for Philadelphia receivers or Debo Samuel in this game from a DFS perspective? Yeah, with the injury in the secondary, and especially one of their top guys, I think Devontae Smith, he's he's just so good. And we saw that week one against Atlanta that he's going to be the top target getter in Philadelphia. Not only top targets, but you know he's good enough that he's going to be wide open and Jalen Hurts can get it to him. So I think Devontae Smith, at least for now, the, the books are going to need to adjust because he's just going to be the top guy, and he's probably going to get at least a floor of 60 to 70 yards each game. Uh, six six receptions, I think 70-some yards against Atlanta touchdown. I th- I think that's perfectly you know reliable each and every week that he's going to be the guy that can absolutely do that. Jalen Reger, I don't know. If it wasn't for that late play, I don't really like the day that he had. <laughs> Like Atlanta gave up by the end of that game. By the time he scored that touchdown, that game was over and Atlanta wasn't playing at all. Quez Watkins was the guy that they were involving early on. It didn't really mean much towards the end, but I just think that second wide receiver spot in Philadelphia, I don't think you trust yet uh, because all he's using is both Rager and Wes, Quez Watkins on sort of those bubble screens and screen passes. Now, of course, they're both talented enough to take it to the house. But again, Rager, I think, was able to just benefit on some kind of garbage time points against Atlanta. Debo Samuel, I sort of like, I don't like the passing game too much in, for either team in this one. But Debo Samuel, kind of the same thing at Devontae Smith. He's going to get a bunch of the targets because Brandon Ayuk, it seems like they're not completely 
reliable or, or wanting to rely on him yet. So it's just going to seem like the Debo Samuel show, but I think it's more of a George Kittle game in this one. I still think you can attack the tight ends. Atlanta just wasn't able to do it with Kyle Pitts, but I think with a veteran tight end and a quarterback that relies so heavily on his tight ends, you're probably going to see a big game from George Kittle. I think the running game is going to do pretty well. You know, Atlanta kind of pushed the Eagles up front early on. And I think you see Elijah Mitchell getting some early yardage, probably close to 60, 70 yards in the first half, I'd even say. Uh, so oh. I, I like that. But George, yeah, I just think they're going to have a lot of success early on. Not saying Elijah Mitchell has over 100 yards for the game, but I think early on they're able to push the Eagles defensive line a little bit. And I think Kyle Shanahan's rushing offense can get some things done. But George Kittle is the guy. I think this is a big Kittle day. Yeah, look, if no Ayuk again, you know, Kittle is going to go out there one of these days have a, a George Kittle game. So that's a, that's a sneaky call. Right, and who's covering him? Like Eric Wilson isn't a good coverage back. Alex Singleton isn't a good coverage linebacker as well. They they just don't have the personnel to do it. Now, of course, they found ways to stop Kyle Pitts. But I, as we know with Kyle Shanahan, he will scheme George Kittle open, especially against a, a defense like this that doesn't really have – they're going to be playing their backup secondary or backup safeties because Rodney McLeod still isn't healthy yet. And so they're going to play Ann Harris. They're going to play Kevon Wallace, who is in his second year. Two guys that I think Kittle can attack, and the linebackers aren't good. So I, I think Kittle's due for a big day. So you got Kittle over 68 and a half. I got Debo over 58 and a half. We'll see who ends up on top. And I've been talking to the Sharp guys all week long. Obviously, I'm one of the founders of the app. So I was I was picking John's brain. He He agrees with you. It's an early look. He hasn't locked these bets yet, but he does like Dallas holding on, you know, with the points. And he also the likes John's Minnesota. just know know how to bet Dallas. That's all I'm saying. The John's just know what's up. There you go. And he also likes Minnesota and he likes Cincinnati. So those are the three plays he's on this week so far. Don't forget, he gives away a free bet of the day every single day on the Sharp app. So go download it. It's completely for free. He likes these three bets. We like some props. I like the Nick Chubb prop over rushing yards. You know, we like um, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. I like Cortland Sutton over, you know, rewind the track. We went over a bunch of plays. We went over running yes, backs, wide receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks. We got a lot of promos at windailysports.com. What we go by is the projection model. So the projection model that we use um, that John has up, I use that every single day for every single sport to really see, you know, where we stand for showdowns for, you know, we have an optimizer with, you know, ownership and all that kind of good stuff. So you got to put in the work, whether you're, you're building lineups or you're working the sports books. So take advantage of the resources that we have at the sharp app at Win daily, check out our partners at thrive and John, your favorite bet of the day, man, what is the favorite Ooh. bet going into Sunday? It could be a prop. It could be the Cowboys. Uh, give me something. Yeah, you know, I th I'm just going to go with the line that I think is a little bit mispriced because of what happened in week one. I know Tennessee looked like they have some problems, but this is a line that if everything kind of went – normal and even if Tennessee lost by a couple of points and didn't look that bad doing it this is probably a line that was going to be close to three and a half it's at six right now that is a huge spread for a team that we thought was an AFC contender so I think it's a bit of an overreaction to Seattle I think Tennessee's offense is going to come back and look better Seattle's defense isn't good at all and I know 
Arizona's wasn't either. But I think there's going to be some positive regression, as we like to say in the industry there with Tennessee. I think we're going to see some points. Six points is just going to end up, I think, looking like a little bit too much for Seattle to cover. So that's my play there. I'm going with, and it looks like John is a little bit as well, going with some of the, you know, the underdogs and some of the ones that I think the public's going to be overlooking and maybe overreacting to. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna play it easy. I'm gonna keep it simple. I'm gonna go with Nick Chubb over 84 and a half nice. yards. Nice. I think he goes over a hundred. I think he might even go over 125. So Nick Chubb, if you want to get aggressive, find a place that you can go out there and kind of build your own props and get him over a hundred, man. This dude's gonna go over a hundred yards. Yeah, He's gonna go easy. over it potentially in the first half. Cleveland's gonna come in pissed off, you know, come back home in a dog pound and they're going to, they're going to run Chubb early. And I don't see Houston staying in this game that long. So give me Chubb over 84 and a half. That's my, my biggest bet of the weekend. And I think that line goes up too. I think it probably ends around 86, 87. So get it where it's at right now. It's too low for a guy that's in in a smash spot against a really bad defense, man. So the biggest smash spot for me always going to be Sunday mornings, 11 a.m. I'm going to smash the subscribe button, and I'm going to go at Win Daily Sports on YouTube, and I'm going to go to the new video hub at windailysports.com, and I'm going to watch Sticks and Ghost, Nick and Nick, absolutely crush another slate. They did amazing week one. It's one of the best shows out there that you can find. So be sure to tune in this Sunday at 11 a.m. And also you can still check out tonight. Uh, we have our guy, Joel. He's going to be doing a lot of college football for you. That's Friday nights at eight o'clock, but also Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. Be right here. Win daily sports on YouTube and windailysports.com at the video hub. You can check out all of our live videos there and they will be going through all of the games, every single game, and give you their best DFS plays for week number two. That is it for us. You can also go to the Sharp app, sharp.app, as Jason has been telling you about. Also, Thrive as well. Thrive has a wonderful, wonderful promo that you can use. You can use the promo code WINDAILY and get 100% matchup to $100. First time depositors of $10 or more will get a free month of WINDAILY Gold. value for that one. So be sure to sign up there, Thrive, as well. That is it for us. My name is John Jansen. Follow me at jjansen34. That is Jason Mezrahi. And you can follow us on Twitter at Sports. That is it for us. We'll be back again this Sunday, 11 a.m. Also tonight for some college football here at windailysports.com.